welcome to the Bloom with Becca podcast. How are we? I hope you're having a fantastic week. Today I am particularly excited about this episode. I wanted to really prepare what I was going to say. So we are talking about pretty privilege. My experience growing up as a girl in this day and age, uh, my experience with pretty privilege, my thoughts on how it impacts as today in today's modern world talking a little bit about how we are more obsessed than ever with cosmetic procedures plastic surgery botox filler i just think this is a really really interesting topic i've wanted to touch on it for ages with this podcast i just wanted to make sure i was gonna get it right let's get into it hello Oh, guys, 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 I'm feeling very sleepy today, but it's okay. We are perking ourselves up. I feel like coming on this podcast helps to perk me up. Um, This setup, I don't know why today took me so long to get set up and going. Um, I am trying a new little background. When I say a new little background, I literally just have my monitor with the logo, the Bloom Becca logo on behind me and for some reason it's making me feel very professional so I hope you guys are liking it if you're watching this if you don't know this is a video podcast if you like video podcasts you can watch this well you can watch it on Spotify actually they have the video option available and you can also watch this on YouTube if you didn't know there is a Bloom with Becca YouTube channel I might as well plug it the Instagram if you're not following the Instagram get involved it's a fun time over there okay this is exclusively for the pod because I haven't mentioned it on Instagram I haven't mentioned it on my YouTube, but we saw a wedding venue this weekend. We went and we viewed our first wedding venue. And to be honest, like Will and I are so, we're just trying not to be too indecisive. Now it comes down to all this wedding planning. So we're kind of like, should we just book this one? I feel like, you know, for anyone who's been engaged who's gotten married who knows the drill when you have a wedding you're thinking about having your wedding you'll have things that are like your icebreakers your deal breakers sorry um and yeah you have that like tick box of things you know you want for your wedding when it comes to the venue I just like you're either gonna spend way above your budget to get something that like ticks all the boxes or you find like the next best thing and yeah I think this venue is that I mean it is beautiful it is actually kind of a bit of a dream wedding we were like deciding on numbers because there's a capacity with this venue and it was ever so slightly lower than our guest like draft guest list that we have put together it's taken us like almost two fucking years to put together (laughs) I don't know if you don't know that I got engaged summer 2022 and we are just having a long as hell engagement you know what we are starting to put our foot on the pedal definitely know i want to get married next year summer next year even if we have to elope (laughs) no that's not gonna happen we are trying our best to actually plan some sort of a wedding um i don't know i kind of always thought i would be that girl who became a bridezilla and just like i would know my dream dress i'd jump on planning a wedding asap that just isn't me as a person and that's okay. Life is busy. Life gets in the way. For those who like really jump on the wedding planning and really enjoy it, like I don't know, good for you. Neither of us are like big 
planners neither of us are um type a people either isn't that a thing like type a and type b people type a are the kind of people that come up with an itinerary when they go on holiday people like that you scare me but i also love you you're incredibly organized and i just wish i was more like you i'm afraid i am a bit more type b so if you have two type b's planning a wedding mm. but you know what i feel like once you have your venue booked things start to fall into place and it puts that pressure on you to actually make things happen like you now have a deadline so I just need that I need a bit more <sighs> discipline but the venue was beautiful and if it happens amazing I'm so excited but there you go there's a little update a little exclusive update this past weekend had a very close friend stay with me who I don't get to see enough um him and his fiance stayed which was so sweet we've known each other since we were like 17 almost like the past decade of our lives and he's just a really really special friend and he's getting married this summer so it's nice to like talk about that with with them um and just had the best time but it was like oh my gosh we're growing up we are adults look at us both engaged I don't know talking about wedding shit and it was kind of a like it felt kind of real in that moment update section short and sweet for once so i'm gonna just finish up with recommendations for the week because you know me i love a bit of tv i love a bit of cinema i should probably read a bit more i haven't read in february really i started a book um which i think i mentioned called bonjour tristesse which was it was good i just like couldn't get into it and so i've fallen off course completely and I haven't been reading it and then started a silent patient the silent patient will read it he loved it so I just need to get into that because I know like two people in my life have told me it's really good so I'm sure it is anyway I've been watching Griselda on Netflix haven't finished it actually only watched I've seen three episodes at the time of recording this but those three episodes have been great you know what when I first saw it advertised if you don't know Sofia Vergara is the lead in it and she has prosthetics on and she just doesn't really look like her so when I saw the it advertised somewhere and then I just read what it was about and I was like oh here we go again what's Colombia good for what's the story we always hear from Colombia cocaine wait can I say that um okay I've said it now so that drug <laughs> I won't say it again. Will it get flagged? I don't know the rules on Spotify, but I feel like I definitely can't say that on YouTube. So yeah, that is obviously, it just sadly is what Colombia is known for and how it is portrayed in the media and what these shows tend to center around. Encanto was really nice and refreshing to see something set and based in Colombia that was not about that, obviously. It was a kid's film. And yes, I'm half Colombian, so I'm biased. I just think it's like the most beautiful country and has so much to offer. Like Colombian coffee. Colombian coffee is great. But anywho, that was my first impression. I was like, oh great, another show about the narcos and the difficulties that went on that basically destroyed Colombia. So anyway, but then I saw it was Sofia Vergara in it. And I think I saw like an interview with her and how she wanted to tell the story of this woman called Griselda who I've I had never heard of. I feel like with Colombian narcos, all of that, that history, we always hear names like Pablo Escobar, but I had never heard of Griselda, who was a very big figure in the drug scene. It is so fascinating. And I watched the first episode with my mom, who is Colombian and lived in Colombia throughout. Uh, well, I think she moved over here in the 90s 
so very much was there during a particularly difficult time during the heat of it i don't ask her a ton what it's like when we were watching the show i asked her afterwards like what was that like living through that time and like how aware were you of all of that going on and how bad it was but i can tell she like almost doesn't want to tell me too much it's it's really interesting moving on other recommendations one day i don't need to recommend this though because you've probably been recommended it a billion times it depends on your algorithm i guess but for me when i go on tiktok it's just a bunch of people being like pov i just watched one day and they're like sobbing i'm really glad that i watched it quite early on so i didn't see all of this on tiktok and i didn't see any spoilers there was no indication to me actually that it was really sad the reason why i watched it was because someone in edinburgh recommended it to me and my parents recommended it to me because the first episode is set in edinburgh and it's just shot really beautifully they got some really really nice shots of really pretty parts of edinburgh like arthur's seat i'm pretty sure there's a bit in kind of stockbridge bits by the grass market like edinburgh is just a very scenic city it's very beautiful and so that's why i watched it and i love a romance i love a romantic story um so that kept me watching i'm not gonna lie i had to convince will to like keep watching because i it wasn't really his thing at first but guys it is so good basically i think the reason why will didn't love it at first is because should I just say what it's about? I haven't even described what it's about. It's basically about these two people, Dexter and Emma, who you see them reunite once a year over like the next couple decades. And it's around, I think it's meant to be like the same day every single year and you follow their story, their relationship. It's so, so good. It is so real. That's why you get so invested and i don't know you like fall in love with them as these individuals and as this couple and you're rooting for them so hard and you just see them go through life and the ups and downs of life the complications of life being in your 20s being in your 30s oh my god getting emotional thinking about it (laughs) but it's really good like please watch it the two leads ambika maud and leo would something i forget his surname are incredible their chemistry is incredible them as actors incredible like such talented young actors i cannot wait to see what happens with their career and how it unfolds and different projects are on i watched ambika mod i think a couple of years ago in this is gonna hurt a tv show i really recommend with ben wishaw and then i've heard leo's in white lotus which i really want to watch i haven't seen that yet i was watching an interview it's quite a lot of stuff has been coming up on my for you page on tiktok and it was amica Moore being interviewed and i just find it fascinating she was talking about how she did not picture herself as emma she did not pick picture herself as this romantic lead in this show um and she actually initially turned it down the audition because i think she really had it in her head that she could never get that role and play alongside someone who's sure like conventionally attractive as leo i want to start by saying like i think ambika mod is beautiful i think she has a great face for screen as well like she's just an amazing actress but anyway i and i find her fascinating as a human she's very witty she's i'm pretty sure she is a comedian actually just seems like such a lovely person i was sad hearing her talk about that how i guess because she grew up and never saw women that look like her play those kind of parts and so therefore never thought of that being a possibility for her 
And I guess when you think about it, yeah, like South Asian, Asian leads, we didn't grow up with that. We didn't see that in these kind of romantic movies and TV shows. And I really liked how in this show, and she mentioned this in an interview, how her race isn't, it's not ignored, but it's not a theme in the show. The show isn't about an Asian woman who falls in love with a guy, a white guy. It isn't. It's about them as individuals, their lives, their aspirations and their relationship and so yeah I just I've been loving listening to her talk about all of that in these interview snippets but I went into the comments on a couple of these TikToks and I can't even remember what I read it was almost like this debate back and forth of whether she was right and the choice to cast someone who's not quote unquote conventionally attractive and it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way because I was like that it's just so draining and it must be so draining being in a position like hers and I don't know just like that almost taking away from your performance people thinking and debating about that so heavily but still is such a thing that like we are obsessed with attractive people and the attractiveness of others and the attractiveness of people on our screens and people in magazines people on our tvs I also similar kind of thing the trailer for Wicked, the movie. Ooh, it came out, um, I think like a couple of weeks ago now. Have I spoken about it already? I don't know. Um, I am so excited. That sounds like it's right up my street. I love Ariana Grande. I love Cynthia Vero. They're oh, such good singers. I'm so excited to see them in this movie. I think it will be really fun. Um, and it's so high budget, like you can tell from this trailer, it's a huge movie. I am so excited. However, <clears throat> I want to relate it to the topic we're going to be talking about today because it has been something that's been so on my mind and I think it is from being on social media quite a bit. I was on this trailer on Instagram and I look at the comments, as one does, right? Let's see what people are saying. And the amount of comments, top comments, all about Ariana Grande's face and how she looks different, how she, like, what she done to her face, she looks so unhealthy, she looks ill, she looks ghostly, oh, I don't know, whatever. So many nasty comments. I don't know, it just brought me down, it made me a bit sad, because it is, like, that's the world we live in. Like, forget this beautiful production, this trailer you've been shown for this massive movie, and you're talking about someone's face, when there isn't actually anything fucking wrong with her face at all. People are so obsessed with looks, and judging other people and I know the people who are piping up in the comments who are being loud probably have it really bad at home or something that comes from somewhere that's being that fueling that fire comes from somewhere whether it's insecurity in themselves they're having a bad day I don't know I don't know what possesses you to write something like that online about someone else I will never understand it I've never done it it just must be exhausting like knowing the world's judging you like that and knowing the world I mean I say the world it's actually just this small proportion of internet trolls but still it feels loud right because it's at the top of this comment section and has all these likes and that's how social media kind of makes you feel like you're in this echo chamber yeah just made me a bit sad and I wanted to come on here and talk about the world's obsession with prettiness and pretty privilege let's talk about it shall we it feels like we still live in a time where we place so much value and someone's worth down to their level of attractiveness, how conventionally attractive they are. So what is pretty privilege and where does it even come from? 
I have found this incredibly interesting researching, looking into, just learning about and I think it helps you understand your own psychology almost, like how our brains are hardwired to think and it's actually fascinating. If you've never heard of the term, um, pretty privilege refers to the societal advantage that those who are deemed conventionally attractive may receive. I think it's interesting looking at yeah those who conform to the sort of mainstream beauty standards how in their lives they will experience benefits of that and it actually comes down to studies have shown it can impact things from employment your relationships obviously and just general bias positive bias from people i think if you look if you look at it historically beauty has always been highly valued across different cultures it often serves as almost like a symbol of status of health of wealth uh social worth like we honestly put it all into this one bucket just from how conventionally attractive someone is how symmetrical their face is how tall they are how long their hair is how clear their complexion is how yeah (laughs) it's really interesting when we even know us as humans are a lot more evolved and developed now we understand like that doesn't impact anything i think you can look at like the most successful people on this planet do you think they're conventionally attractive what i found interesting learning about is how physical attractiveness is so directly linked with like mating and how that has developed with human evolution so for example when you look at youthfulness youthfulness in a woman symbolizes they have not hit menopause yet therefore they're still fertile and would be a good mate so you can't deny that there is such an obsession with looking youthful and staying youthful and getting botox to avoid wrinkles all of this and when you actually break down why that is why there is such an obsession with it it is so interesting that it is really deep rooted in our nature in our biology and it stems from reasons such as reproducing i'm pretty sure i read somewhere as well that features like being tall having a fit body symbolized with our ancestors good health and therefore a better mate more likely to survive that kind of thing so even though we're aware of it today and where all of that stems from and that in today's world it doesn't matter how tall you are actually and in terms of how well you're going to function in this world unless you want to be like an nba basketball player then sure you're definitely at the advantage of being tall you kind of have to be tall but in terms of being a good mate in terms of how good a person you are how successful you can be in a career being conventionally attractive has very little to do with it i think now in this day and age with media it obviously has such a profound impact on beauty standards we are used to seeing conventionally attractive people in magazines as models as actors on our screens etc but now more than ever we're used to seeing them on our phone we're used to seeing them on social media and that's a lot harder to escape um i feel like that's why it almost feels like more of a prevalent issue today i think that's why nowadays it's so so directly connected with people feeling really low people feeling like they're not enough they're not pretty enough i know i'm this person i'm this person who when i go online i never feel like i'm pretty enough and i do this for a living i compare myself to other creators other faces other bodies i see online and every day i tell myself whether i like it or not you're not good enough you're not there 
And I'm not alone. I know so many of us have that thinking. It is harder than ever to escape it. I feel like before it used to be like you'd open up a magazine and you'd see like Victoria's Secret models and you'd be like, oh my God, oh gosh, I wish I could look like that, whatever. You close the magazine, you close it, you go about your day, you leave your house, you go outside, you walk down the street. When you walk down the street, do people look like Instagram models? Do people look like Victoria's Secret models? No, they don't. They look like real people. It's hard now because it's harder to escape it. You open your phone and there you are again, face with it, face with, sure, unrealistic beauty standards. And also, I'm going to talk about it a bit more later, but how the world of plastic surgery, Botox, is more popular than ever. I think the debate of do conventionally attractive people actually receive more benefits i think it's such an interesting debate of is pretty privilege still real like in today's society does it actually help you out to be more attractive and i don't think you can deny it it absolutely does i think it can get you ahead in jobs look at what i do for a living a thousand percent it can get you ahead in the influencer job i don't know if this stuff comes up for you and i'm not dissing creators or anything i've tapped into this kind of content before but on like tiktok where you literally just lip sync to something and show your outfit a million views because normally the person in that video is conventionally attractive it's even been proven with jobs like real estate even retail jobs These kind of jobs where you potentially are more likely to be hired, you're potentially more likely to make more money if you fit a beauty standard. As reading up about it, we're almost hardwired to our brain to assume that someone who is attractive is nicer, is more trustworthy, is healthier, makes more money, is more successful. Like all of these traits for some reason have always been connected. And there's such fascinating research on it. I've read things, I've watched things about how babies, like if, um, take this with a pinch of salt, like please do your own research because I'm literally pulling this from the top of my head from something I know I've, I've looked at before. Research has been conducted on babies where they'll show them like two different faces and one is a very conventionally attractive face. So whatever that looks like, clear skin, nice features, um, symmetrical face, whatever. And a baby is more likely to stare for longer at the conventionally attractive face. Like we are just drawn to it from day one. Um, Babies are honest. I remember being a kid and my dad telling me, I think because we, we were watching some like movie that was set centuries ago, it was like in the medieval era time I'm not a historian I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I am um but I noticed as a kid I like pointed this out I was like how come all the actresses have like their hair is down to their butt I don't know if you've found that in like periodic dramas and shows and movies um yeah when I was a kid I I pointed it out and I I said why is that to my dad I think when you're a kid it's it's hard to understand that beauty standards change and how beauty standards have evolved and it, it's kind of fascinating And I remember my dad saying, well, at a time it signified health. It signified that that person was healthy and therefore it actually relates back to finding a good mate. And you know, if you're healthy, you're likely to be able to carry a baby, be a good mother, like all of that stuff based off of how long someone can grow their hair out. I remember my dad saying that, which always stuck with me. And also another really random example is having like wide set hips why is that attractive to a man and it's because it means you're more likely to 
be good at bearing children. That is what it means. That is why it is attractive to men. I wanted to talk about my relationship with pretty privilege because I have noticed, I don't know if it's since doing this job, since being so soaked up in the world of social media, that more than ever, I have like a, I have a bad relationship with myself right now and how I look. And I'm being really honest. This podcast is a place for me to be really honest. I've just, I swear I'm overthinking it more than I ever have, more than even being a teenager. Um, and so selfishly, I, <laughs> it's kind of refreshing for me to talk about this and just be open and share my experience and share my thoughts. I don't know. I'm sure someone relates. I think it helps to understand where all of it stems from and therefore it helps you become more aware of it more aware of your bias more aware of like why you think that way and just helps you become a little bit less obsessed with it you know holding attractiveness not at such a high level I think it's important to learn how to be happy with who you are instead of always striving to be something you're not hit these unrealistic beauty standards that, like I said, you don't even see when you walk out your door. Stop letting that pressure of never feeling beautiful enough get to you and stop it from enjoying your life. Stop it from looking at the qualities that make you who you are and make you a good person. Having pretty privilege, being attractive is surface level stuff. It doesn't make you a good person. Pretty privilege isn't about how nice you are and how smart you are. And I have found myself paying more attention to it than ever which is really frustrating and it's just not important so I have always felt like I grew up a bit of an ugly duckling I was a little bit of an ugly duckling I was a normal ass kid and it doesn't matter when you're seven years old how cute or pretty you are whatever but when I got to those preteen years when you are starting to think about that stuff you are starting to notice things you don't like about yourself sadly how it works and pointing out other things and other people that you wish you had that you wish you looked like them genuinely I felt really funky in myself like I hadn't grown into my features I didn't know how to dress myself I didn't know how to style myself not that that matters when you're that age like it doesn't but sadly in this world growing up as a girl <laughs> I got to that age where people were starting to value that and yeah, I'm not going to go into too much about childhood and no wonder we grew up to be this way. But like when you think about it, yeah, we watch these movies like Disney films where the protagonists and the heroes and the princesses, they're all very beautiful. No one actually looks like that, but they're all very beautiful. And what are we taught? Oh, that the villains and the people you don't want to be, the sidekicks, whatever, they're not conventionally attractive. Like what does that teach us as kids? Is it actually that harmful? Is it extremely harmful? Are we going to see less of that with future generations? I'd, I don't know. It's all very interesting. Anyway, my experience when I went to high school and obviously you're mixed in. Well, my experience, I was mixed in with a bunch of new kids and it was like a chance to almost reinvent yourself, rebrand yourself. And I did. I was like, okay, making myself look good is really important to me now. What other people think of me now is really important. I remember being an 11 year old and really being like, I am gonna change what people think about me. I wanna be a pretty girl. I wanna be fancy by boys. I want other girls to think I'm pretty. I want other girls to like my makeup, to like how I dress. I just wanna be pretty. That was 
the priority for me when I was that young and you look back and it's like that is so young I think puberty helped me out I started wearing makeup I think (laughs) you can't forget confidence plays a huge part and I don't think that's a bad thing um that's a big lesson in attractiveness confidence actually plays a huge huge role in how attractive you are to other people and how you kind of feel in yourself but yeah I came out of my shell quite a lot and for the first time boys were interested in me other people would call me pretty for the first time ever I'd receive compliments being like oh you're so pretty oh you look so pretty today oh my god did that feel good did that go straight to my head no wonder I was like so into my looks way too young and placed so much importance on it which has been really difficult to unlearn that kind of behavior that kind of thinking it's hard to unlearn and especially now as an adult I can say I've benefited from pretty privilege I I really I think I have and so when I go through phases of not liking myself not feeling myself not feeling pretty it is scary how low it can bring me when it's all superficial I really thought like that's all I had going for me but at least I had that going for me right because that's a pretty desirable thing and I actually started acting quite ditzy because I thought boys would like that I just wanted boys to freaking like me I worried more about getting ready in the morning like waking up early to get ready to look good to do my hair to do my makeup make my outfit look all cute I had a freaking uniform like it didn't matter then paying attention in class like all that super official shit was way more important to me and sure I'm not like meaning to beat myself up because I was 11 11 12 13 those early years that's really it took up so much of my energy and it it's because I got the reward I got the benefit I saw the results and that became addictive and it also it put me in a box and I loved being in that box of like oh I am pretty I think we really are taught as women and we have to be careful about how we teach the next generation, how they should think about themselves. I genuinely think I was taught too much that you should care about your looks. That narrow focus perpetuates superficial judgments and it reinforces an idea that a woman's worth is tied up with her looks. Like I said, if you teach that early on, it's very difficult to unlearn. Thankfully, when I was a bit more developed, you know, come 14, 15, 16 and exams coming about, your girl redeemed herself a little and started paying attention in class. I remember um, doing my first round of exams and doing well and then coming back to school and everyone sharing the results. And I remember what it felt to be perceived as smart for the first time ever because I was always this ditzy pretty girl. That's honestly how I think most people looked at me. And that was the role I was playing. And then for the first time to kind of be like, oh, I did this thing and I did well. And we correlate that with being smart. For the first time being called smart, that felt good. And I hadn't had that for those early years. It's actually, I actually think back to it. And from 11 to 17, like the years I was in high school, I didn't show up to school once without makeup. Isn't that crazy? Not once. And a child, (laughs) a teenager. And then as an adult, like I show up now on my videos all the time without makeup, even though my skin is not perfect. 
um, when I worked in an office, I would sometimes go into the office without makeup. Even when I did retail jobs, sometimes would show up without makeup. And I know it's because, because I just feel a bit more sure of myself. Sure, some days are a bit shaky. But yeah, I think it is very freeing to care less about what other people think of you. What else was weird about school? Yearbook categories. Oh my God. I don't know if your school did this. I really hope schools don't do this anymore. But it wasn't that long ago that I left school. 2016. <gasps> oh my God, it's almost 10 years. Okay, but in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't that long ago. Uh, my school, like I'm pretty sure a lot of schools do. And I feel this is kind of an American thing. You know, with your yearbook, you had the categories like the awards so our yearbook would have like most attractive girl most attractive guy most fancied most likely to be a model best hair all of these superficial categories i i'm like i can't believe that was allowed and have been going on for years because what i don't know what does that teach you maybe it's all just fun and games and i'm thinking into it a little bit too deeply school was a weird time but you know what i mean like th that's how we grew up with stuff like that with systems and ratings like that i if you don't know this about me i used to work at hollister what is hollister infamous for mm, they're very very controversial approach to recruitment now listen i actually worked there when they didn't have that system anymore they had scratched it the whole process of having models quote unquote i.e they would literally just they'd interview you like do the most basic little interview and then kind of hire you yeah based on how you looked yeah there's no denying it they they literally admitted it um and your job title was model i joined like not long after that switch was made and I was then a brand representative, just like a, no a sales assistant, basically. You would look at the people in the stores and we all kind of looked the same. Similar body types, etc. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just being honest. From an ex-Hollister employee, I remember once being on a shift and folding down some clothes in one of the rooms and this group of teenagers walking past and they were like, you know, you have to be pretty to work here. Like they were saying that to each other. It was just, yeah, weird. I was listening to a podcast episode the other day. Emma Chamberlain, I don't listen to her, all her episodes, but she was doing one where she was interviewing, um, I don't remember her name, but a doctor who really specializes in the world of filler, Botox, injectables, all of that. And it was so interesting. I really recommend that episode. But I want to quickly touch on how the beauty industry looks how it does today and the impacts that has on us, especially tied in with social media, the accessibility of it all, the comparison of it all. I feel like plastic surgery before, I mean, I don't know, I, I wasn't around 30 years ago, 40 years ago, but to me, it seemed like only celebrities would have that or a very small percentage of the public would have work done it was a lot more of an anomaly whereas now we know uh, I've like spoken about before and I don't I know you guys I know you guys know like we live in a time where filler and Botox particularly those two are so common they're almost expected and I think that's when things get quite dangerous it's actually very dangerous with beauty standards 
I think it's dangerous that that stuff is allowed on social media and that we advertise it. I see ads coming up. I know it's it's a branch of marketing. It's a huge branch of marketing right now. Social media and companies, they're doing their jobs. They need to make money. And it's quite an effective tool, obviously. Especially things like TikTok and... Oh, I just don't know. I, I It comes up for me every now and then, these videos. And I catch myself watching, being intrigued, engaging. And scarily enough, thinking to myself, should I get that done? Do I need to get that done? I want to look like that. She looks great. Without really thinking about the consequences or what it is you're really doing to your body. Because it is all so accessible. And you know takes very little research to find a doctor you like to find a surgery you like to find a place near you that does filler and botox and it's especially those kind of treatments it's very quick it's still expensive but it's obviously not like the price of going under the knife you know you don't have to take time off work like all these things it is so accessible i saw a tiktok that kind of woke me up the other day because I was like oh I don't agree with that that is not right a lot of these I do I find I catch myself like I said saying oh man I wonder what that's like oh do I need that but this was one where it was like a the girl was 22 she was like a 22 year old patient and this doctor gave her Botox like he obviously you see the consultation and he was saying like you really don't need it um but you could do a little bit here and there but to me, it was like, he should have just turned her away. No? A 22-year-old does not need Botox. I'm saying this on a very, like, general level. I'm sure there's, like, very rare individual cases. I don't know. I don't know enough about it. You are basically saying, like, it's okay to get Botox as a 22-year-old. This girl didn't have any abnormal reason to get Botox that young. Oh, rob me the wrong way. Also, another procedure that I... I feel like has become a lot more common is we see people with really white perfect teeth which yeah it looks great and I catch myself being like oh do I need composite bonding do I need Invisalign oh do I need veneers I don't know if you can tell like I there is nothing wrong with my teeth I've actually never had a filling not to brag I have perfectly functioning teeth I had braces as a kid like my teeth are straight they're not perfect veneer teeth but they don't need to be and I have never been insecure about my teeth. I mean, post braces. Why is it I'm now thinking I need to get this thing done? It's because I saw this thing on social media. It's because I see other people who have had it done. And then I have to remind myself, why do we all want to look the same? By changing your teeth, it really it changes your face quite a lot, like more than you even realize. And sure, like I, I really, I, I feel like I need to stress this you can go do whatever you want. I am not shaming anyone. I'm saying this, speaking out my thinking, because I genuinely think I would not be doing these procedures and getting these things done for the right reason. And if you feel like you relate to that, then I'm just putting it out there. I'm sharing my my thought process. I've had stuff done. I'm going to talk about that. And I think there is absolutely a time and a place and a procedure that if you are doing it for the right reasons and it makes you feel confident you know why you're doing it it's purely for you do it go for it I am just saying it is scary to see yourself be brainwashed and feel like you need to get all these things fixed when 
they are not broken. There is nothing wrong with you. And I think what makes it sad is the desire for us all to look the same when you look the way you do for a reason and your quirks, there is someone who loves that about you. If you have a gap between your teeth, I think that is so like beautiful in people. I think it gives your face way more character. I think like, doesn't that make your face look way more interesting? Why can't we embrace and celebrate uniqueness a bit more? It just feels like the narrative out there right now is very much that we should all be looking the same. I don't like it. That was um one of the comments I saw on the freaking Wicked trailer with Ariana Grande. I don't know if you've noticed, she doesn't have perfectly straight, like, celebrity veneer teeth. I, would, I don't know, she's probably had them whitened. I don't know. She has nice, normal teeth. They have a bit more character and personality because she obviously doesn't have veneers. And people in the comments were being like, ew, you should get your teeth done. Like, you've obviously had so much else done to your face, but you haven't had your teeth done and now you look unbalanced, you look weird. All these comments, these really, really hurtful comments. I just think it's hard to go about your day. Maybe it's just me, but I don't think it is just me. I think it's important that someone's honest about it and not think about like something that you can change about yourself because it feels like you can almost change anything and everything now. I will be honest, my biggest insecurity all my life has been my nose to the point where I have considered going under the knife and getting a nose job, which is, that's very scary. That's a very big decision. But I got filler in my nose. That's the only procedure filler thing I've ever had done. And it has made me feel a lot more confident. I really like it. However, I will say, like I've said it before on this pod, I found out that was a thing through social media. I found an ad on Instagram and that's how I found the clinic and that's how I decided to get it done. And I'm telling you, when I went to get it done, I gave it very little thought. I did very little research. I just knew this was quite a prestigious clinic. I was paying good money. It had a million one reviews. Like I did that kind of surface level check, check, check. It's fine. Yeah, when I had that done, I I didn't look much into like the effects of filler, how dangerous filler is. For me, I, I feel like we've all been told like filler is quite safe and it's reversible and you can have it dissolved. It's not that simple. And I recommend, again, listening to that um, interview on Emma Chamberlain's podcast with that doctor because yeah she talks about how botox is actually safer than filler i don't know if that's true i don't i don't know anything i'm trying to not tell myself that i need botox i think skincare let's concentrate on skincare and loving our skin loving the skin we're in yeah it's it's hard though it is so hard it's feels harder than ever to love ourselves and not pick out every tiny little insecurity or thing that's not perfect about us because I bet you the people that you look up to the most even they're insecure about something yeah the nose thing as well I can't lie I don't think I'm doing what I do being a youtuber helps seeing myself from different angles which you're obviously not used to I feel like every person when they see themselves from the side or from the back they go oh that's what I look like because you're not used to seeing it but those around you are used to seeing it all the time And so I'd see my side profile in shots and my nose didn't bother me from the front. It was from the side and I'd be like, oh, I don't like that. And then when I got filler in my nose, I was like, oh, it looks a lot better. And that, yeah, that's sad, but I'm being really honest. Um, However, I'm now like, filler is annoying. You got to get it topped up. 
it's not safe actually it's probably the least safe place you can get it is your nose scary I'm just telling you because I'm really I'm not here to influence you I am not saying anyone should get nose filler yeah it's not a permanent solution I just I don't believe ugly is a thing it's just those conventional beauty standards and then not that and that isn't ugly we cannot deny that pretty privilege exists we cannot deny that we live in a world that rewards attractiveness a lot but I think it's important to remember that being a good person liking yourself doing good being smart being interesting that is way more important and way less superficial we spend way too much time judging ourselves it's a waste of energy I know this and I'm so bad at this I'm saying this to myself to get the message in to myself yeah and also you know beauty standards change they change over the years I remember when I was younger I was always fed the narrative of bulkiness and women who work out and lift weights women who look strong not attractive it looks too manly and I'd be like oh yeah and also I when I was a kid I was still in that like supermodel that was conventionally attractive being stick thin yeah it isn't really I don't know is it kind of coming back I don't know we went through like the Kardashian era which is still here BBLs all of that I'm just saying that beauty standards really do change and also back to that note of women that work out I now my idea of like a really beautiful woman is someone who's strong a lesson here is to make sure you are diversifying your following if you're like me and you're struggling with this a bit I think really look at who pops up on your screen and your algorithm when you go online because it believe me it doesn't help if you are seeing like the same type of person over and over and a reminder that you do not need to buy into it you do not need to buy into trends it's not going to make you happy it's not going to guarantee happiness you don't need to dress like people you see online dress for your body type for you for what makes you feel comfortable um something I've been realizing lately is like I feel like everyone has the same looking home right now this isn't tied to um attractiveness and like how you look but I'm it's an example though of like copying everyone we see online I feel like everyone's it girl kind of home right now looks the same and I'm realizing I really don't like that given that hopefully Will and I are going to move this year and our next place will be like ours to decorate I want to be really cautious of not just following that like having the same home as everybody online where everything is white and neutral and bright add some personality add some personality to how you dress to how you do your makeup like remember your uniqueness makes you beautiful and it makes you special I'm gonna leave it at that I think because I can ramble on for way too long and Mochi has started squeaking his balls so that's him kind of telling me that I gotta finish I am not saying that you should put other people down who benefit from pretty privilege who who put effort into their looks um I'm not saying that you shouldn't look after yourself that you shouldn't wear makeup that you shouldn't do these things that make you feel good and make you feel confident there's nothing wrong with getting your hair done getting your nails done getting procedures if you know you're doing it for the right reason I just think it's kind of blurry right now to know whether you're truly doing it for you or not but we're starting to see it a bit more people promoting self-acceptance like body positivity and all that on social media which is amazing to see it's refreshing and <laughs> she's barking at me so 
I think I'm gonna end this episode here. Um, honestly, I don't know if I like how I, I put that into words. Like I said at the start of this poll, my brain just feels a bit foggy and tired today, but it's such an important thing that I wanted to talk on, something I've been struggling with recently. And yeah, I was just really excited to do an episode all about it. I really hope you guys enjoyed. This. The point of this pod isn't to come up with this scientific approach to how I do things or... Mochi! Okay, he's telling me I'm rambling now. Yeah, this pod is a place for me to just share my thinkings from one regular girl to you lovely people who watch and tune in. And I love you all for allowing me the space to do this. But just remember that you're not alone with like these insecurities and everything. I think that is why I create this pod to make people feel a little less alone. Anyway, I'll leave it there. I really do have to leave it there because Mochi will not let me carry on. I love you guys. See you in the next one. Mwah. Thank you, my loves, for listening to this week's episode of Bloom with Becca. Be sure to follow the Bloom with Becca Instagram page to get involved each week with your questions, your stories, your thoughts on different topics, all that good stuff. I'll see you guys next week for a new episode. Love you. Bye.